beautiful humans. Welcome to the Joyfully Living Podcast. I'm your host, Elena, empowerment coach and shamanic guide, and I'm here to bring you inspiring stories from people in all walks of life who are truly living in alignment with their hearts. They will share their journeys of following their inner calling, living a life completely unique to them, and what it means to be joyfully living. My intention is for you to deeply connect with your heart, awaken to all possibilities, and feel empowered to be fully and uniquely you. May you have the courage to follow your inner aliveness and create the life that you truly love, a life filled with so, so, so much joy. Now take a deep breath in and feel the vibration of the drum. Settle into your heart and into this present moment. Let's begin. Hello, hello, magical beings. I have with me Saida, which is a really important person in my life. When I moved to Mallorca in 2020, I um, I was looking for a yoga teacher training, but I was a bit not sure <laughs> about it. And then I saw one, there was one in Palma and I went to one of her classes just to check her out to see, you know, who's this woman. And the moment that I saw her, the moment I just felt her presence, I knew that I had to be in her course. She just transmits such, yeah, harmony and beauty and heart connect. She's so, you can feel that she's so home within herself. And it just felt like coming back home when I was in her presence. And ever since I did the training with her, um, since the beginning of 2021, I've done multiple ones. I've just come back home to myself deeper and deeper and deeper and just coming back to my body. And yeah, it's just been super wild ever since <laughs> that time. But yeah, I am so grateful for this woman and... She is such an inspiration for me and such a light. And I feel really honored that she's here with me and that she can speak with you guys. Um, yeah, I love her so much. So, yeah. Hello, Saida. Hello. <laughs> um, the honor is mine to be able to be here and support you on your journey and, and to support you into the offerings that you're bringing to the world. It's like, wow. Um, the, um, the aim of a teacher, it is always that the students surpass um, your, your own personal reach or your own personal presence in the world. So it's like, yeah, I want you to do better um, or, or, or to do greater things than I've, I'm able to do. So it is really an honor for me to be here supporting you on that because um, Oftentimes, um, the the role gets misaligned in terms of okay, what what brings joy to a teacher, right? And this is a podcast about joyful living. And um, I've been in the teaching profession since I was eighteen years old. This is many many years ago, and I've seen how in many cases. Teachers think that they're joyful when they know more than the students or when they are above um, the student population. But in reality, the joy of a teacher is to see how the students who attended um, his or her classes thrive 
and shine and outshine um, your own personal reach as a teacher. So really thank you to, to, to be so open to have me here. Mm, thank you, Saida. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to be here. <sighs> so I wanted to just um, go straight into um, yeah the theme of this podcast, Joyfully Living. And I want to ask you what that means to you. What does joyfully living mean to you when you hear those mm -hmm. words? It is a really interesting question because it is very philosophical from the yoga and the tantric perspective. Because joy in, in the Eastern traditions of, of yoga, um, it's a very important component. Joy um, is, is the deepest essence of happiness. No? So oftentimes mm. we relate happiness to things that happen in the outside, but joy is the happiness that sprouts from within independently from what is going on out there. And there is a very beautiful Sanskrit word, ananda, ananda. Ananda is, is the word for bliss, which is even like the source of joy. Right? So in yoga, we always work towards a greater connection to that ananda. Hmm. And ananda has a really interesting sound, ah, Ah is the first the first sound. It is the first creation. And interestingly, um, in some ancient texts, it is said that the first the first manifestation of the divine, so of, of consciousness, is always ananda, bliss. Hmm. So joy, it is regarded as the first um, output of any creation. Wow. So if something doesn't bring joy, it is not rooted in the inner um, field of consciousness and possibility. So we always uh, work towards, okay, is this joyful? Is this really joy that comes from within? Am I bringing that into the world? And for me, joyfully living or to live joyfully should be um, the one of the or the biggest goal for any human being. And then we could really look into, okay, what does joy really mean? And, and mm. what does, how does joy manifest into the world? But joy, it is essential. It is a birthright. And it manifests in very simple words as this uh, lightness in our step, this, uh, an openness in the heart, an overall mm. feeling of, of harmony in the body-mind. So it is very easy to recognize because let's say like when we feel a bit and an inner center, that's joyful. Hmm. And whenever we're not having those feelings and sensations, okay, I'm far from joy. So we can always, with the right tools, like the tools of yoga, we can always find the way back to the source, back to the ananda, back to the inner reference of that outer happiness, which is always joy. Wow. I love this. I forgot to mention that Saira is the embodiment of yoga. <laughs> so beautiful. She knows everything. 
But yeah, wow. And it's like you said, joy is, it's like our essence then, you know? Everything comes from joy. Everything. Mm -hmm. And Everything this is, yeah. in nature is created because of joy. Like we are here because of our parents' joy. <laughs> Totally right yeah. of being together yeah. of, of like knowingly or not knowingly making a baby that's mm. a joyful event in the cosmos it's like when two cells get together and splash into the creation of something new from the yeah. yogic perspective that's always infused by ananda by the bliss of creativity mm. And that is why it's so important that we come back home to ourselves, every person, because there's no other way to live joyfully if you're not coming home first and then living from this place. Hmm. So yeah, What happens is that most of people in the world look for outer happiness. Hmm. Yeah. And they find, they reference their happiness in terms of outer objects. So it's an objective happiness. So I'm happy if I have this car or this boyfriend or girlfriend, if I have this amount of money in the bank, if I, if I can purchase these objects, if I have this job or this position in, in my community. But that's an outer referenced happiness that it is always going to, um, to fail us. Because mm. the nature of outer existence is always temporary. It has an expiration date. Everything that we see out there has an expiration date. Because change is one of the essential components of life. Everything changes mm. all the time. So now you have this car, but tomorrow you will not have it. Or you have this desire to purchase or to have something or to go somewhere, but then tomorrow you will not have it. So it is interesting that when we reference our joy in outer with outer parameters, so the outer happiness, we're never going to be happy and fulfilled ever because our own feelings will change and sadness and deception will come out of that. But when we reference um, our happiness in the inner part of it, which is what you said of coming back home, we are starting to tap into joy. So it's, it flows from the inside and it is independent. Um, there's a word in yoga, nidalamba. It, it doesn't depend on other circumstances. It is always inner referenced. It is mm. the joy of living according to your center, to your essence, to your soul. And that's where we find bliss, ananda. Yeah, I love that. Do you believe that it's possible in any circumstance to feel, to be joyfully living, even though you know, maybe you're in a situation where you're not, it's not maybe aligned with you, but, you know, because you can find that inner mm -hmm. reference, there's a possibility to find that joy within no matter what. Life is constantly showing us that it is possible. Yeah. So yeah. let's say, because everything is relative, right? All right. So let's think that like a Western wealthy European, like we are, mm -hmm, we travel to a country where 
the conditions are very challenging. Lack of resources, lack of healthy living and a healthy environment. And you see that people or that children are playing happily out in the street with big mm. smiles, maybe decayed teeth, maybe like no clothes, skinny bodies, and playing football with uh, a ball made out of rugs. And they're just like happy and singing and just like laughing with each other. So we look at it and we're like, wow, they're happy. They have nothing. Their conditions are terrible. But happiness, it's shining in their faces and their bodies and their relationships. Therefore, happiness and joy can be found everywhere. But yeah. it's what we make out of it. So because yes. joy is an inner component of life. Joy mm. is independent. But we've been, uh, we've been trained to believe that our happiness depends on things that can never bring us happiness. Yeah. And if you are, do you believe that, you know, you, you can find this inner joy and inner happiness no matter what, independent of anything? But following what makes you feel joyful, would you say that that will make it easier for you to feel that inner joy if you're doing things that you know in your heart is your calling. Hmm. Of course. So like you might be in a situation um, in which you're unhappy, right? Mm -hmm. And where you cannot find the joy. That doesn't mean that you cannot change it. Hmm. Because if, if you feel that I don't resonate in this circumstance, you should change it. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> this is the, like, the fun part begins. We have to change it uh, with discernment. Okay? Why, what I mean by this is, okay, who wants to change it? And how? Towards in which direction? Are we going to guide that change? Is that mm -hmm. change infused in outer uh, small personality and ego uh, parameters? Or is the change going to be ignite from the soul, from yourself? And mm -hmm. that's why it's so important that we have a spiritual practice. So we can really like check with ourselves and say, hey, this is your ego talking. You're yes. small. <laughs> or, hey, yeah, this is yourself talking, your big you. Because mm. if we don't do that, we are always confused and we yeah. don't really know. <laughs> yeah. So it, sometimes it is better to say, okay, I don't know how to change it. But I'm going to meditate, I'm going to do my yoga practice, I'm going to do other spiritual things, and I'm going to surrender to spirit. And I'm going to say, okay, since my mind or my body mind is so polluted that I cannot discern between big self and small self, so I cannot discern between soul and ego, right? I'm going to surrender and say, okay, I'm going to do my practice so I can get quieter inside. 
and now please give me the signs right <laughs> and then life always puts in front of us the next step yeah. where we need to go the place or the this the the step towards which we should gear or or direct that change does it make sense yeah because and it requires in, in trust our, yeah in our society we are so accustomed because we've been very wealthy we've been very powerful with mm -hmm. all that all those resources and wealth and we've been accustomed to say oh i want it i have it just by mm, in this incredible amazing uh, power of manifestation um but that has made us in a way very lazy in terms of who is really wanting that yeah is that coming from the soul or is that coming from my ego yeah because if it comes from the ego then what we have that makes us unhappy it's an opportunity to change something within not outside yes so yes. the discomfort comes more from the inside from from all your past your traumas uh, our fears our hang-ups right than the outer circumstance hmm because if we're really living from the soul level we could be happy anywhere yeah so yeah. when i talk about this i i always like to ask myself okay can you picture an angel unhappy because it doesn't like the food that it's been served in front of it no impossible no. so we should our practice and our yoga practice should it, it's always created and guided towards us becoming more the angel yeah yeah than anything else mm. and that is why it's so important that we can discern between our soul and our mind which has been also my you know whole journey as well being able to recognize what is the difference and it's of course the spiritual practice being in stillness in meditation not being so much hung up in the mind and trying to figure out and trying to work it out and understand it's it's like a, a silent knowing like a yeah something that you you get to discover yourself you know as each person will discover that for themselves what what that soul calling feels like yeah yeah mm. yeah mm. And when we're living from the soul, things align out there. Yeah, exactly. And it's we not so difficult in a way. Yeah, it comes to you more. Yeah, yeah. And always, when we are on a spiritual path, we always have to trust that whatever is placed in front of us, it is the right thing for us, either um, to work on something that we need mm -hmm. to work on, to work on to liberate it and and really transform it or to to enhance that soulful living 
Ja. Ja. Hm. Thank you so much. I love oh, all these you. wise words. Um, I wanted to stare a bit on your personal journey right now. Um, because, you know, you also have your personal journey of how you, um, how you have been connecting deeper to your soul and, um, you know, joyful living. And I know that your parents were yogis as well. So, I mean, since, since birth, you've been immersed in this. <laughs> and the question is, um, what, were you, what was your journey um, of joyfully living, you know, coming home to yourself? Um, okay. Yeah. All right. In your path. Um, um, any human's journey is mm-hmm. is the journey of a heroine. In my case, mm-hmm. I'm a woman or a hero, and um, that means that you become a hero or a heroine because there are many challenges in the path. Yeah. Otherwise. You don't you don't get that title, right? Like, okay, you're a hero or a heroine because you're half god, half human, um, and you're like you encounter challenges that make you um, trespass and transform through the process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, like, yes, I was born in a family where yoga was practiced and spirituality was probably the main goal of life. Um, That doesn't mean that my life was a path of roses. No, no, no. Right? Like Mm. I was born as this very awake being that didn't understand anything that was going on around. (laughs) I was born in 1973 uh, in a very um, interesting um, internationally oriented family, even though I was born in Spain. People who were very um, intellectual and very curious and very open to, to the spiritual traditions of, of India. Uh, very cosmopolitan. Um, but those were very challenging times on, on other sides, right? Like lots of social change. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of transformation in, in the world. And I could, like, it was very challenging for me as a child because, like, everything seemed really dense. Mm-hmm. Like, all the emotions that people went through, like, the places where, like, we were living, uh, the density of being in a physical form, Right. So I didn't really make peace with being embodied until I was almost 40. Wow. Because I was all the time like wanting to escape somehow and be up there in only in the field of stars. It was yeah. hard for me. So I was very mm-hmm. successful. Uh, I was a very good girl. I was a very, um, very good student. I was a very good everything. But deep mm-hmm. inside, I, I, I didn't have rooted fully. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, until I totally embraced um, this material existence that spirit chose to go on its 
heroic journey, right? Mm. And um, right now, yes, of course, there are challenges in my life. A lot of time I'm up in the stars as I was when I was a little girl. But um, I embrace matter fully. I embrace Mm. earth fully. And it doesn't mean that I didn't like to be here. Um, I didn't like to be in society. No? Mm-hmm. And I allowed that dislike to, to weigh me down. But right now, I'm, uh, I can say that I love to be here, even though there are many challenges in every, pe- every person's life. And a lot of times the challenges are social, not only personal. Mm-hmm. but really it's like embodiment is it is the best it is a gift it is the best gateway for awakening and we've chosen this for very important reasons because when we are in a physical body we can clear a lot of our journey yeah that we cannot do when we are only in spirit form so and um and 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 this is the only thing that really exists because the body is eter- is it is eternity in itself okay and by working on this you can unlock the power of consciousness within mm-hmm. every cell and it's really amazing yeah yeah Oh, thank you for sharing. And there are many bits yeah. I didn't know about. Um, you know, through your trainings, we went, you know, you taught the tantric path. Is that because the tantric path is also, you know, embracing living and being in the body. Was that like, what was the change for you where you, like, what was the switch, you know, because you said there was a moment where you, yeah, you wanted to embrace being embodied. What, hmm. you know, made okay. that? Um the the yoga traditions that were followed um, in my house when I was a little girl were very much dualistic traditions, no? which is what um, also was more resonant with Catholicism. So here is human and up there is divine, right? And there is no link. So we, you are impure because you're a human and divine and spirit is pure. Mm-hmm. And that creates a separation, right? And then when I was very young at 19, I met my teacher um, and she taught me that spirit and matter are one. That there is not such a thing as such a thing as human or divine, that we are divine humans, but that we need to awaken that within ourselves. And that's when I started to embrace um, my own path and the way I teach and I try and I work on sharing nowadays. So it's like you are here as a spiritual being living in a spiritual material form because everything is consciousness. Everything is spirit. Yeah. Your body is part of consciousness your body is a is a microcosmos of spirit therefore Mm. we don't have to reject it deny it 
and fight against it, but it's better to do the other thing. So become so um, um, so loving and so curious about your own material form that you're not conditioned by it anymore. Mm. So you can see that, okay, I have a body-mind, but I am a lot more. My body-mind is only like the tip of a, of a pin in comparison to the immensity of who I am as a human being. But as long as we continue rejecting the body and rejecting em uh, embodiment, we will not be able to do that. Yeah. Because we will continue um, um, making the gap even bigger when it's the other way around. So it's like embrace this so fully mm. that you really see what is within it. Yeah. And that I was that. a huge turning point for me. And I was 19 years old. Wow. And then I had been, I, I worked on that for many years and I was, I, I, like all these years I had an amazing life. I was a student, I traveled, lived in different places. I become a mother who was another very important turning point in my life. Now you know me, you know how important motherhood yeah. is to me. And the amazing relationship I have with this being who was born through me. Um, <laughs> so beautiful. And, uh, yeah, and that was a very important um, turning point in my life as well because um, I shifted so much. I grew so much as a woman, as a being, and my life would would be way less joyful <laughs> if this being wasn't in it. Oh, so beautiful. Mm, and she is amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's a very really special person. Yeah, she is. So how do you relate to, you know, saying embracing all that we are, embracing everything in life? How do you in your daily life embrace all of you? Mm -hmm. All that you are, the uniqueness of you, because we are all so unique as human beings. We are all so unique. Mm -hmm. uh, first, we need to start accepting all the things that we don't like about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And most of the things that we don't like are not related with an outer, let's say, ugliness. It's They're related uh, with how we look at ourselves, how we've been taught to look at ourselves. Yeah, Because from the level of consciousness... Our souls think that we here are the most amazing creature on the planet. Everything is perfect from the perspective of spirit. Mm -hmm. So every time that we reject parts of our bodies or feelings, sensations, thoughts, every time that we reject, we are creating uh, a break in awareness. So the first thing is to really love it all. I'm here 
Okay, parts of me don't like it. And yes, of course, I see that I have a lot refinement to do <laughs> because every human being has a lot to refine. Me, the first of those, right? But I'm not doing it from punishment, from denial, um, from those attitudes that have created so much suffering in us in general. I'm doing it because I know that I am in a path of evolution. And evolution implies that we become better human beings. And, become, and to become a better human being, first, you have to learn how to become a better human being with yourself. Because mm. if we cannot be a better human being, more loving, more kind, more compassionate, more joyful towards this that we are or our lives, it's, it, it doesn't happen authentically towards others hmm. so yeah. embracing and then something that I always use and that it really helps me and I think it helps a lot the people that come to my classes and, and workshops is to really think okay and discern is this natural or not <laughs> Because when something is natural, um, it's going to be what we call dharmic. It's dharma. It is natural intelligence and order. But mm -hmm. when something is unnatural, um, it is not going to be um, joy, inner joy conducive. Hmm. So that applies to foods that we take, drinks that we drink, places that we visit, uh, objects that we bring into our lives, um, environments that we surround ourselves with. Yeah. Nowadays, is it natural or is it not? As a way of really learning to, to go. Um, in, into the source of inner joy, into bliss, Ananda. Hmm. And it's by knowing the, like discerning, again, like we spoke about earlier, discerning what is the, um, where is the call, and the soul knows what is natural and what is unnatural, and then following, following that. For yourself. Not only the soul, your body and mm. mind knows. And your body. Okay. You're, like there is a yeah. really interesting experiment. I, I was like, I, I saw someone pass me this really cute video. There was an artificial piece of candy on the floor. It was placed on the floor on purpose in an area where there were a lot of ants, tiny little ants, right? Mm -hmm. And they wanted to see what the ants were going to do. No, And it was very interesting because the ants had this path that went all the way to the candy, then it passed around and it kept going. <laughs> it's instinctual. Instinctual, I was going to say, yeah. Mm. But our connection to our inner instinct, the healthy one, is so polluted. We don't really yeah. know what to eat. 
It's like people are eating plastic morning, yeah. afternoon, and night. Plastic in the shape of, I don't know, a pizza, hamburger, a, a salad from a unhealthy salad bar, in candies, yeah. in everything. And they don't notice it because their body minds are polluted. Mm. So that's why I, the first thing, and you've done this with me. That's why yeah. one of the first things that I recommend is you need to go through a cleanse. Yeah. So you can really tap into the inner senses and that will help you discern what is natural, what is not. Mm. Because otherwise we've been trained to live unnaturally, to accept unnatural foods, behaviors. It's like, you know that, and I, and I first heard this from Eckhart Tolle, who's one of my biggest influences in teaching. I love him to death. He, like one, many years ago, I heard him saying that human species are the only species that uh, rejoices or gets happy watching um, other people suffering. That's unnatural. And we, yeah. we watch that on TV all the time. We watch yeah. that on social media, um, on videos online. Children are behaving unnaturally by bullying, hurting others, creating suffering on others. That's not natural behavior. Does it yeah. make sense? But our hearts... Yeah are polluted because we've been trained to accept that way of living. Hmm. And it's also the disconnection to ourselves, you know, when you're not at home within yourself and connected with your body, your mind, your soul, all of it, and being know knowing those instincts and also, you know, the world can be quite overwhelming. You know, I think also in my, in my own life as well, like you also said in your path, that the world seems so off, you know, and it can also be a way of protecting, you know, that's like, you don't want to feel the, you know, when you see suffering, you don't want to feel it because it's too much, you know, there's like a way of also protecting yourself away from really experiencing what is going on as well. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, there are two steps to that, which are very interesting. Um, first, you see and you watch and you're like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? It's like everything and everyone is kind of crazy. And we're see, we're, I was teaching a conference in, in, in Calvia last weekend about mental and emotional health. And we're going to see a lot more problems related with mental and emotional health in the next months and years, right? Because mm -hmm. everything is so crazy. So first you see it and you see the effect that it has on you. And you learn how to live um, strengthening your inner reference, st strengthening your connection to your soul, to spirit, right? Mm -hmm. 
then you become very strong, no? And yeah. you become very radiant and you're like, yeah. okay, I'm at peace now. And I know that that doesn't have to affect me. I don't have to be drained by the things of the world. Yeah. And then the second step is, okay, now I understand. I'm here at this time of evolution for a very important reason. Yeah. I am a channeler of joy. Yes. And this is my life mission. Just mm. be joyful, be, be a light in the world, and support the evolution of that. Yeah. Support others through that. But we can only do that if we're really connected with our inner reference, with spirit within, with the light of spirit within. If we don't establish that connection on a daily basis, it is very like the world eats you alive, to say so. <laughs> But if you really yeah. cultivate that inner connection, it's the other way around. To just get out into the world for the time that you consider healthy <laughs> and just radiate and mm. share the love and share the light, share the joy. So others can start to, to really go inside and say, wow, I'm starting to find the inner reference of my happiness, which is joy. And I'm starting to find the source of it, which is bliss, ananda, the bliss of being. Yeah. We are all warriors of joy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> warriors of joy. Yeah, I love that. And I guess um, for, you know, for a person that might struggle with um, finding joy in the small things, because I think that's also a really big thing, you know, because we can look at our life and think, oh, we need to have this big purpose and we need to do this amazing thing and we're going to go out and radiate joy and, you know, everything is amazing, right? But if that's not how you feel, like how can you find, because, you know, you can also f cultivate inner joy by the small, you know, like you said, in any circumstance, we can feel this inner joy. But how would you cultivate it from the very small things, the very simple things in life? Okay. Um, all those desires to like be out into the world and, and mm -hmm. just radiate and all that, that's all ego-based. Yeah, because that's an ego, e egoistic or uh, egoical. Or I know the word in English. I doesn't come to my mind right now, but that's all based on um, a misunderstanding of success. Yeah, right. Um, joy is only happens in the now, here. Yeah, and the best practice is to just stop, take a breath. And look for the good. Find yeah. something good right now. Yeah. And as we're talking, there are so many. We mm. are in a warm, cozy house in the middle of winter. That's one, right? Yeah. Um, we are having an amazing conversation. That's another one. Um, we're healthy. That's another one. Um, yeah. And 
so many, so many. We are enjoying the feeling of the breath coming through the nose. That's another one. So it is just, where, where are you putting your mind? Where yeah. am I putting my mind on a constant basis? Am I putting my mind on all the things that I don't have, which are like all things from the ego? Or am I putting my mind on, wow, there is so much joy in this very moment. Yeah. Because joy is inner referenced. Yeah. And all those things that we don't have or that we will or that we wished to have are outer referenced. Hmm. That's why very developed spiritual beings don't need anything. They're just bodies and presences of absolute pure love. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what you speak to, it's the perspective, it's the reference of how you see things and also finding the gratitude for everything that is around you, the small, noticing the small things. And that's where this deep presence needs to be, needs to be cultivated so that you can notice and, and notice your mind and where that's going and then coming back to, um, to the good, noticing the good things. Mm -hmm. Gratitude yeah. is another really powerful tool to find joy yeah yeah to notice wow to be appreciative wow mm. look at this and 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 this like if i was not joyful with the amazing moment that is happening right now mm. there would be really a problem <laughs> <laughs> mm. and i love that what you say as well that you know when i'm what we mentioned earlier about being a warrior of, of um, joy is not for the sake of being a warrior of the joy you you are just cultivating joy so much within yourself that just by being you you are that but not because you want to be that it's because yeah, just being you and being fully you, being fully you and embodied in your body, in your inner joy. Mm -hmm. That's how you change the world. That's how you. Yeah, there is radiate. a beautiful story about Buddha that I I I retold in my first book, uh, Una Fiesta para el Alma, a party for the yeah. soul. When the Buddha uh, was sitting in the body tree under the body tree and he was meditating and um, embracing all his ghosts and demons and everything and doing his own process of transformation. And when he became enlightened, the entire natural surroundings rejoiced. So wow. the flowers bloomed and released their fragrance the um, the butterflies started to flicker their wings the birds started to chirp the winds started to like flow with this amazing breeze 
because the most authentic joy in the world is the one that comes from a being that awakens to his or her divine nature. Mm. That's what the entire cosmos wants, that we open our eyes and our senses and realize who we truly are. Yeah. And then this outer identity that we call ego that functions in the planet, um, is, it is offered um, um, to the service of this, of this um, divine nature acting and thinking and um, talking and doing things in the world as a fully conscious spiritual em embodied being. Hmm. Everything and starts with you. Every, yeah. every individual with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, those uh, mistaken ideas uh, of success are futile. They will never take us anywhere internally. Hmm. And that's why the most evolved masters. They don't really care, most of them. They don't really care. Mm. Because they know, like um, Master and the teacher Krishnamurti said something really interesting. He said, it is impossible to something, I'm, I'm, I don't remember very well the quote, but it was something like, it is impossible to adapt to a sick society and it is impossible to find joy in a sick society that's why people have middle life crisis and take drugs and all of that because yeah. they've based their connection to joy on outer parameters when that can never happen that can be a consequence of yeah. so if you're joy if you are joyful inside if you're connected to bliss then you will find many, many, many sources of happiness out there, but yeah. not the other way around. Mm. Yeah. If, you don't, if you're not connected to joy and bliss inside, then you will not find anything happy outside. Yeah. Hmm. Everything starts with you. Everything starts from within. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And it's all inside that um, all traditions say that. It's all inside. It's all yeah. inside. It's all inside. Thank you so much for all these wise, beautiful words. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it is before we, yeah, what did I say? Tell me. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask if you have any last advice for the listeners who are maybe in the beginning of their journey and um, you know sometimes it can also feel scary to go within and um, this is also why I speak a lot about courage and you know anything mm -hmm. that you feel that you would like to share yeah the practice is very simple just mm -hmm. work on being joyful <laughs> it, it's a training because of course it is tendency goes down like oh i'm down i'm unhappy 
life is this, life is that, but we, we can master our state of awareness. It's just be yeah. joyful, at least for minutes in a day. Smile at someone in the street. Look at something positive happening in your day. It's like, even pretend that you're smiling. Be positive, optimistic. Work on that. Even mm. if at first it seems like eons ahead of you, just it's something that can cultivate it. And it's the same way that when we go to the gym and cultivate our biceps or whatever, we cultivate and work on uh, our state of awareness. So mm. then one day it really allows you to tap within. But if for now going within is hard, it's just no problem. Just be joyful for others. Because a smile, a nice comment, a hug, a kind gesture, those can really go really far. Hmm. A happy song that we play for someone, a joke. <laughs> Please yeah. lighten up the world. The small things, the small the things small that you can things. find. Yeah. And oftentimes in the West, we're so ego-centered. Me, 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 me. And in the spiritual path, that that's just a that's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It can take us really deep or it can really take us really far away from our goal, which is awaken our divine nature. Because we can become too egotistic and self-centered. No, yeah. this is like cultivate joy and joyful the living to support the whole. Yeah. And then it will be much easier. And then you realize, wow, one year from now, Life is really cool, and <laughs> you like have will have these amazing ex inner experiences as well. Oh, I love this! Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> Thank you, Elena, for having me. You're amazing, and I wish you all the best. And anytime that you want me here, you know that you can count on me. I would love that again. Oh, thank you so much. Just bathing us in all your wisdom and joy and love. And I could feel everything. And I'm so grateful. So thank grateful you. for you. What you see in me is within you. Hmm. Sharanam Ananda, we say. I take refuge in bliss. Let's see. Sharanam Ananda. Yes. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. And now I invite you to take another deep breath in, connect into your heart and feel what truly resonated for you. Maybe even take a moment to journal about it. If you have any comments or questions or simply just want to connect, I would love to hear from you. There's contact info and more in the description below. And you can also visit my website, elenahermenia.com. I'm sending you so much love and light on your journey. May you always be joyfully living. Thank you for being here.